We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. Happy New Year to everybody listening watching however you're consuming this 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 podcast i'm not really sure there's any other way we don't make it in in braille or anything or, or books so i guess those are just two of the options but happy 2024 i'm joined for the first podcast being put out by gspn this year with my co-host jordan Tresky. jordan how you doing buddy doing very well doing very well the packers have won against the minnesota vikings avoiding the scenario that I feared the most. And they ran, rang in the new year. Well, t- they ended the old year well. Rang in the new year well. Yeah, it was, it was very well. An absolute dismantling of the Minnesota Vikings. 33-10 to 10 in a game that wasn't that close, as the score would suggest. Um, I believe tight end Johnny Munch caught a touchdown late in the fourth quarter was the, the Vikings' only touchdown in this game. So, um, I'm trying to see. Yeah, two plays, seven yards after the botched Samari Toure punt um, late in the fourth. So, all in all, what a, what a game. And I think we ought to not do the Eurostep and the win in six part of this and just talk about the star of the game, which is Jordan Love. 
Jordan Love, absolutely masterclass at the quarterback position today. 24-33, 256 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown to boot. No sacks, uh, a QBR of 82.7, and a uh, pass rating of 125.3. Just an, again, absolute masterclass. Also, briefly shout out Sean Clifford. 100% QBR rating, <laughs> one for one, 37 yards. So, he threw it. Um, we had this discussion on the last pod for the preview, Jordan, about how we didn't give Jordan Love a cheese for his Panthers performance because it didn't feel like a, a, a good performance. He had a lot of missed throws and some stuff that was really, I guess, not inspiring. This is the complete opposite. I felt like he made every single good decision he could have made tonight besides or even besides just missing a couple throws here and there um what you're what you're gonna do but what did you think of jordan love's game because i was in awe the entire time yeah again it's it's kind of this progression of what we've seen since the first vikings game where he is making these throws he's looking very poised and as we will get into he's doing this with receivers that are not the first or second or even third wide receivers that you know the the leading the the big trivia question that we will refer to uh many years time is that the first uh wide receiver to have a 100 yard game under jordan the jordan love era will be bo melton what a who's not even on the team he's a practice squad elevation guy like he's not on the team and yet is balling up. These are the kind of players that he's been throwing to, especially with Christian Watson hurt. Jaden Reed will get into fantastic game, but leaves game early and has been, you know, uh, uh, been affected by bumps in the chest injury for the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's like, you know, like Dontavian Wicks was out. Like they're, it's a really thin wide receiver core right now. Yeah. And it, real doesn't, thin. it doesn't matter. No, I think. Like I think this is uh, a bit of a disingenuous argument, but uh, this season from Jordan Love really, uh, ex- I guess, accentuates the: does a quarterback, a good quarterback, make good wide receivers, or do good wide receivers make a good quarterback? And right now, it's definitely Jordan Love making these wide receivers look good because, unless Brian Gutekunst is really just an absolute master at finding wide receiving wide receiver talent at the fifth sixth seventh undrafted rounds then it's really just jordan love bringing all these guys up like rising tides lift all ships kind of thing but yeah that when you think about how this is the youngest wide receiving group um i think since the 2000 i think it was bangles i think it was 2000 bangles and they had the most um percentage of their points by first or second year guys since the 2001 Seahawks, I believe was the stat that they said on the broadcast last night that might be flip flop of teams, but those were the years for sure. So it's been a while since we've seen a team this young do this well, but yeah, you, you yeah. put it, put it perfectly. Bull Melton is the first hundred yard receiver in the Packers 2023 season comes in week 17. And then you have guys like Dontavian Wicks, who was a fifth round pick, I believe, and Tucker Kraft, who was their third round pick, and those are the kind of the guys making all the plays last. Night. Like I think Malik Heath had a few catches too, and he was an undrafted free agent. Like yep. it just 
the guys we thought Ben coming, Sims. Ben Sims made had a couple huge blocks, had a couple catches too. Like just it, it honestly is quite remarkable to be getting this kind of production out of these players. Like I'm going down the receiving stats from, from the box in the box score. Tucker Craft, Bo Melton, and Jaden Reed all had six catches last night. They they amassed oh boy, math on a New Year's morning. 194 plus 48 would be 242 242 yards, which is crazy. The Packers had 293 passing yards, and 242 of them came from rookies. I'm sorry, sorry, Bo Melton is a second-year guy, I believe. Yes. Yes. So still just a practice squad guy in general and a guy that you would not think was going to be contributing at all this year and he has um especially these last couple of weeks when there's been some tumultuous injuries especially like you said christian watson and then jane reed and out on tavian wicks it's been tough sledding so i mean good on jordan love for really bringing these guys up and putting the ball exactly where they need to be but yeah just again really really great game from jordan love yeah the three touchdowns he had the the rushing touchdown which I wasn't quite certain that was a touchdown. I wasn't certain, like at during during the play, the replay. It did show the point crossing the goal line. I don't like that rule, but that is. I digress. I digress. Um, yeah, again, I'm looking at PFF. We have the benefit of looking at PFF grades because they were released as a recording. There, his grades from the the Vikings game. So the first Vikings game is kind of the inflection point this season. Talked about a lot going into the week where, like, that is where the offense looked its worst. There wasn't anything to really rely on. The I'll save it for later, but, like, that was also when Jordan Love was getting sacked plenty. Since then, week nine against the Rams, 83.2 grid. Gets Steelers, 74.1 grid. Chargers, 65.5 grid. Versus the Lions, 86.6 grade. Chiefs, 91.8. Giants, 58.6. Tampa Bay, 66.6. Carolina, 77.4. Minnesota, last night, 90.8. So, like, yes, there are some dips. There are ups and downs. The Jordan Love is will have more time to, to talk about his season in full. But if you if we break the season up in half where he is certainly on the upswing, even with dips kind of, you know, on this roller coaster season, I think last night, it, I don't feel like it was a culmination of a lot of the things that we've seen, but it just, I know they were talking about a plenty. Chris Collinsworth was talking about a plenty is that you just see someone that has <laughs> really matured in in a lot of ways and it just comes down to reps like the things that he's doing just kind of he's 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 honed in on as he's gotten more snaps and, and that's it sounds so easy and so basic and it's not because in part because of the, of the people that he's throwing to like that has shifted around him and that that is really hard for any quarterback i mean we saw Aaron Rodgers in struggle with that last year and Jordan Love has been like not to just keep playing that comparison game but he has been had or he has outperformed Aaron Rodgers 
last year by far. Like it, it's oh, not yeah. even close how the quarterback play has taken a, a big step up. So I think that to me is is and it's football, but it is really reassuring to see him take these growth steps and become a better quarterback when guys have been in and out of the lineup. He's been without weapons during games where he's losing them. It doesn't matter. Like it and I think again, they how they scripted the game too, they really relied on him to kind of set the tone. Let's play an aggressive game plan. And yeah, they faltered in the first opening drive, but once he got settled in, once the team got settled in, it didn't matter. He's making throws, he's making plays. Guys are making plays after the point of uh contact with throws. It was just as beautiful of of offense that we see for the Packers this year. And again, against the Vikings on New Year's Eve, it's it's great. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. I th- did you notice that they took a deep shot in the first play, uh, just like they did last year, and it had the same I result. <laughs> yep. Like I, I was sitting there, I was like, "There's no way they're not chucking a deep first play." Like I think that was honestly the most predictable uh, play they could have called there, and I don't hate it. They went three down on the first drive, which isn't ideal, but I don't hate the I hate the call. Just trying to maybe kickstart what they had at the end of the at the beginning of last year, but. Yeah, to your point about um, Jordan Love outplaying uh, Aaron Rodgers from last year, I, it's without a doubt. Rodgers last year had 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, uh, just about 3,700 yards, um, and 542 attempts. Jordan Love, I don't think this, this these stats are updated to last night's game. Um, I know for sure the passing yards aren't, the touchdowns aren't, but... 30 touchdowns, I believe, is what he's at right now. Um, I think he eclipsed 3,600. I thought I had that. Maybe I had that tweet up some, at some point, but um, we'll go. Wait, so he has he has 30 touchdowns yep. to 11 interceptions. Yep. 3,843 passing yards. Thank you. PFF hasn't updated their season stats yet. Um, but, yeah, so now he's eclipsed Aaron Rodgers in yards. Um probably a similar amount of attempts and you'll probably surpass that as well. But I think it's pretty cut and dry, right? Like Jordan Love is just playing better than Aaron Rodgers did last year, which again, we don't want to be spend spend a lot of time on this pod, putting those two against each other because they're two vastly different scenarios and different opponents, different caliber of opponents, different weapons. And I guess, uh, what's the word experience of those weapons like say what you will about Chris Watson being a rookie last year he still had experience coming into this year that helped Jordan Love same thing with Romeo Dobbs even though he's been iffy as of late but I think the biggest difference is just this crop of rookies has been incredible I don't like we ha- you have to applaud um Goody's ability to draft these guys this year we'll see what next year brings if they continue to be have that upward trajectory but this year has been an absolute masterclass in in that draft because every single yes. every single um, rookie that they that they drafted as a, I mean honestly, I'm trying to think of a single rookie that they drafted that hasn't really contributed. Lucas Vaness has been good. He's been getting sacks and been getting pressures. Uh, Jaden Reed obviously very good. Luke Musgrave obviously very good. Tucker Craft obviously very good. 
Carl Brooks has been really good, so has Colby Wooden, Dontavion Wicks, Andres Carlson. I'm trying to think of who else, like, it's honestly, Valentine, I, like, they've all been really good. It's, I think the only one that, it's Lou Nichols, and that's part because he's not on a roster. He got, and he got injured, like, he got injured yeah. in training Grant camp. Grant DeBose. Also got injured in training camp. Got injured. Anthony Johnson made some impact plays last night, too, like, I, like, it's, Kind of stunning how fast a lot of these guys have hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I mean, the offensive side, that's going to catch your attention. We have more stats that you refer to. Be like, hey, that guy's making, you know, Luke Musgrave gets hurt. Maybe we'll see him next weekend. I don't know. But Tucker Craft has been really good. Mm-hmm. And he's still that safety valve guy, like how he was last night. Jada Reed broke the rookie receiving uh, receptions record set by Sterling Sharp. So, like, that's a fast-performing really cool. person right there. Really cool. Um, yeah, I think, I, again, it's it's such a – to have that, like, um, you know, installation of talent like that way where they're just hitting the ground running. That helps a lot, and it helps again. That helps Jordan Love, who he's. We think of him as a rookie in terms of inexperience, but he's not. He's far along of, of what to expect with playing in the NFL and kind of getting down the routine of everything. But yeah, to match that, all of that together, and and putting in you know just the skills that they have with this entire receiving core. And, not just the, about discounting Tucker Craft or Musgrave. I include them in there. It's it's been really great. And then you have Aaron Jones, who you know, back to back. Did you see that stat last night? The the first back to back um, one hundred yard rusher. I think since uh, Amon Green. I did not see that. That's crazy. That's wild. And like I. It, no, I think Aaron Jones has done it before. You keep keep talking about your points. I think it's Aaron Jones. I don't think Aaron Jones did. Well, because I thought they the stat that I saw was that Aaron Jones had done it. This is the first time he'd done it in like a while. So let me do some googling, and I'll and I'll try and find out. Um, but I thought again, he kind of. I was really worried of. We saw how successful he was last week, and I I thought that they would fall in the same trap of. If he's not in the game plan right away, it's Aaron Jones is kind of be going to be a non-factor. That would, and I obviously thought this game was going to be a lot more, uh, <laughs> more tough sledding than what it ended up being. But I thought for what it was, oh, it wasn't necessarily a carbon copy, but it was pretty damn close of just like Aaron Jones extending runs, twenty carries, one hundred twenty yards. Longest run of the day was twenty five, six yards per carry, like he did against Carolina. He was just. Fantastic! It, 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 it it's. I, <laughs> we will play the kind of like what if game of the season, depending on how next week goes. But the guy has it, and in a year where his body has been such a problem for him, and trying to get back with the hamstring injuries, multiple hamstring injuries, and just having that over the like lord over the course of the course of the season. Sex from a standpoint of imagine if this team was health were healthy. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Aaron Jones was a prominent, you know, 
contributor throughout this entire season. Right. It sucks that it hasn't been like that, but he's really he's gotten healthy at the right time, and he's making Aaron Jones level like the production, uh, you know, at the right time. Yeah. So I I can't really I can't really fault him for that. Also, he can still be the leading rusher for the Packers this year because he's at 545 yards. AJ Dillon's at 613, so he needs what, like 75 yards? Yeah, and to offset whatever AJ Dillon gets next week as well. But exactly, yeah, we'll you, see how AJ Dillon will be. You are right if that's if that's the stat that you heard um, about being the first back-to-back 100 rusher since Amon Green. Um, I'm not sure what what I saw that made me dispute that, but good on Aaron Jones. He had a lot of games that I saw, and like just going through his game log where he went two for three, he'd have 100 yards and then 30 yards and then 100 yards again. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's incredible and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of think of all the... Like, Ryan Grant, I would have easily thought that based on his success, but he had a very weird kind of Packers career where he gets more prominent in playoff games and not during regular season games. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's been a it's been a long road since the Packers have had like a running back that has stayed with them and been productive for a very long time that, since I'm on Green. It always makes me laugh that we talk about Ryan Grant as a fan base as like this prominent, just amazing running back that they had, but he only played with them for like four and a half seasons. <laughs> yep, and he wasn't even a, a and one pop- of them he was fully hurt. Yeah, he got hurt game one, like snap one of the yep. uh, Super Bowl season of 2010. And so that was the James Starks here. But, yeah, he was a 1,000-yard rusher in his sophomore and um, junior seasons. And then got hurt, had another, I guess, stunted year. He only had 600 yards in his in his fourth year in 2011. But then that was it. <laughs> then he was done. It's just like, it's just funny to think about, think about it that way. But, yeah, you think about just how important Aaron Jones is to this team. And it's... It's special. I was getting, I was annoyed last night because I forget who the the sideline reporter is, um, but she was talking about how she talked to Aaron Jones uh, pregame, and he, Melissa Stark, Melissa Stark, and um, she was saying how Aaron Jones said this is the best he's felt all year. He feels healthy, feels good, and then not one play later, he goes down and was in the medical tent. It's like, are you? freaking kidding me like yep. <laughs> talk about a commentator's curse luckily he did get back in the game and was and was just fine um fine enough to to fight a vikings player at the end of the game and try and uh de-escalate whatever that vikings player and duntavian wicks are fighting about but that's neither here nor there <laughs> but yeah just all around offensively wh- what a game i i can't say enough about aaron jones 20 carries 120 yards like you had said and just the I think I forget who said it. it. Might have been Ryan Wood. That was a quiet 120. Like as long as I don't think so. I I don't know. I mean it. It is like the Panther game. He did not get in the end zone, so right. there's no like exclamation point. But he was dicing through that defense oh, right. so easily, so easily. Yeah, but no, I know. I totally agree. Like like that way. Like, you look at his average, and it was six. Like six yards yeah. per carry is pretty darn good. And I feel like every time I watched him run the ball, he was just getting chunk plays, getting first downs, which is obviously very good. But I think that might have been just the 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 point that you had, Jordan, is that he didn't get in the, the end zone, which is that exclamation point kind of 
oh, yeah, like yeah. popping play that's like, oh, Aaron Jones is doing well. No, he was just grinding down this defense for all of three quarters, four quarters. So really yeah. good on Aaron Jones. Man, I'm just excited to watch this offense again. Like during the 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 Giants and the Buccaneers game, it was kind of rough, but we've won on the road and it's come back for some reason. <laughs> most yards, most yards in a game of the season, four hundred seventy. The Packers had. Yep. That's that's a plus. That is a plus. That is a plus. Let me see uh, what is yards per play here. Let me uh, bring that up here. Um, but yeah, like gotta that, be good to have. To have everything work in concert with each other like that is like that just it's everything that six point four yards per play. It's pretty good. Um Yeah, and it's like oh Yeah. I I don't want to get carried ahead or get ahead of myself because it is we have just wanted to see this all year long. So when you see it work in full and it's the nature of the game, and not everything's going to go to plan, but I just think that to put things together the way that they did, and then still you know, recognize that guys are getting hurt left and right. I don't know how many players ended up leaving the game yesterday, but it was... A few. The Zay McDuffie, Jaden Reed, Aaron Jones like, for, for a minute. Preston Smith. Preston Smith. Left, but then came he, back. Yeah, he came back. Yep. Um, yeah, just... <laughs> It, it's it, it's this kind of you know duality of just like everything's going great, but like what are they gonna have next week? Yeah, right. that's kind of where my brain is getting. Well, that's it. the offense in general. Like even I mean, even the defense. Like we'll get the defense a bit in a little bit, but even Eric Stokes went on IR on Saturday. Like yeah, that, exactly. That you just you just but, can't rely on anything. <laughs> no, I will say though when that that news, it, it sucks because it that's a bigger discussion of what the hell they're going to absolutely do with him. Right. But when I saw it, I was like, so you have no Jair, no Stokes. You're going back to the secondary duo of Valentine and Valentine, who, yeah, I'm not saying that this is, you know, the Packers secondary of the future, but when they were playing their best ball this year, those two corners were the only corners out in the field. Yep. They knew what they were doing. And yeah, Justin Jefferson scares the life out of me. But then you also realize like, who's throwing the ball, kind of thing. But I yes. and we can't even say that because we we both picked Vikings wins on on Thursday. We did. And then we like, did. I guess maybe that's whole hum on our part of being scared of lackluster quarterbacks after losing to one of them and almost losing to another last week. Like I think we were a little scared of what this defense was going to allow in a place where I think you said they were two and six all time. Two, to yep. Uh it was just everything stacked up to not being a good game, but it ended up being better than anticipated. Did we go through like Bull Melton, Jaden Reed at length? I think we mentioned them, but I don't think we talked about them. We talked about Bull, we talked about Bull Melton, I believe. But uh, I would but still like he's making big plays. He's yeah. I, I don't know what like I know they I remember being intrigued by him when they picked him up late last year. Mm-hmm. You see the speed, you see the RAS score and everything like that, and then it's like, well, what? how can they mold him into something? Right. And then Panthers game was like, hmm, he's converting big plays, he's making catches, might have better hands than some of the other freaking wide receivers on this team. Yeah. Um, not naming names, rub your tops. You can name another um, one too if you'd like. 
83. Well, he might be the likely cut because right. Bone's out of elevations. Right. And yeah. I, th- I think the, the issue is, I should say the issue. The, 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 never mind. You know what? Just, just continue with your point. I'll, I'll talk later. But to see him really come along, and it, it's, you know, the Packers draft and develop method. It extends even to guys that are undrafted or like these guys that they, you know, turn over their rosters. And yeah, you're not going to hit on everybody. But the Packers pedigree of finding these guys that, yeah, we hone in on the skill. Now let's elevate the rest of your game. Let's make you a productive player and and everything like that. Like, I think I'm I'm looking at it right now. Bo Melton had 49 snaps last night. I believe if I was correct in seeing, he has had, that is half of the snaps this year. He didn't play at all last year. Right. I think... Um, Chris Collinsworth said it last night that, or Mike Trico, whoever it was who I was talking, but um, coming into last night, Bull Melton had five catches on the season. Last night he had six. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I, again, we that is not, these are outlier things. Like, that is not something this I is, would This is the standard to... of any NFL team. Yeah. And, but it, to see it all come to fruition and, in really big spots because as we talked about in the preview, these are essentially playoff games. Yeah. You know, you're in knockout in knockout mode. If you lose, you falter, you're done. You're done. Um, so to have that to have that happen was just crazy. And then obviously Jaden Reed, two touchdowns, uh what do you finish with? I think it was six care or six catches six for catches, eighty nine yeah. yards. Yep. Which he would have been the first hundred Yard receiver, how he yes, not gotten injured? Like he was, yeah. he was feasting on that defense last night. That touchdown where oh, it was he, so good! It was a one brilliant play, brilliant route. The he just crosses the middle of the field, right? And Jordan loves like that's his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And Jaden Reed did like it's a good throw, but Jaden Reed that is a Jaden Reed touchdown. Oh yeah, that is not a thousand percent. It you know, and he's a small guy. So you don't necessarily think of him as this kind of like, oh, he'll break through the point of contact that tackles. Right. But but he do. There are a lot of there are a lot of moments let's say I'm watching these Viking Vikings players who this is a good defense. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not saying that they're eighty six or eighty five Bears level, but if anything, considering everything that's been going wrong on the offensive offensive side of the ball, that defense has carried them to the point where they were at least you know, in the mix for a playoff berth until last night. Um, and Jay Reed is going through all these tacklers. Like there were so many bad tackles from the Vikings last night. That was like in crazy. And that play was just kind of the epitome of, I think he broke through like five tackles or at least six defenders to get to the end zone. Like that guy is a baller. I'm, I'm so, so, I, I just love the way that they've already really kind of honed in on how he can make this offense work and click. And he does it in so many different ways. Now, he's not a great punt returner, but, you know, not everybody's perfect. Yeah. I think they just got to find a different one. <laughs> like, they'll find somebody else next year or figure out whoever's going to do it next year and just have him practice it. But, yeah. Um, on, on Bull Melton, 
just he has a lot of the same tenacity as Malik Heath does. He runs really good routes. He has a lot of energy and just has sure hands, which is like what exactly you want in your receiver. I'm not blaming him or Jordan Love on that fourth down play where they went deep um, to try and convert it, but went like he he should have caught it, but should have been a better throw. It's kind of like where I'm at with it. Ended up not mattering um, in the context of the game, but I think both of those are just mistakes that will be refined with snaps with snaps and time. Like Jordan Love learns to throw that ball better. Bo Melton knows that can catch that ball better too soon enough. And so. But yeah, on Jaden Reed, I was just looking. I was like, can, could Jaden Reed get Offensive Rookie of the Year? And I was like, no. CJ Shroud exists. And then I was looking at other ones. And like, no. Jordan Addison. Puka Nakua. <laughs> Puka, yeah, but I think, honestly, I think it's Nakua. I, th- it's, I think CJ Stroud will get it if the Texans beat the Colts to make the playoffs next week. Because the Colts and Texans face each other. The Colts are currently in the playoff picture, like currently in the playoffs at the season of today. The Texans are out of it. Yeah. So the Texans need to win next week to get in. The moment is there that they would probably... Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it's honestly either or. Like, you could... I think it's between CJ Stroud and Pugunakua. But that's not a discussion for this. But I was, like, looking. Like, maybe Jaden Reed could sneak away with it. No, it doesn't have... I think Pugunakua has literally double the yards that <laughs> that Jaden Reed does. <laughs> um, to, to circle back on a point that I made with the Vikings tackling, I'm looking at PFS grades right now. 14 missed tackles. Sheesh. Well, 14. seven of those came on that January touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that's pretty wild. Yeah. Like, it, it was just, like, on the January touchdown, that dude, is, that dude is just so good. Like, he really, if you're, if you're of a certain age, which I'm guessing most of our listeners are, you remember Chris Berman rumbling, bumbling, stumbling in for a touchdown. That was Jaden Reed, that, that, that catch. Broke a bunch of tackles, made guys miss, and then what? <laughs> he did what? <laughs> and then he it was actually uh, Al Michael. Wait. Yes, um, in our intro, weirdly yes, enough. There you go. Um, but yeah, like, he just carried a few guys in the end zone, reaches the ball over, and, and scores. Like it was such an incredible touchdown. Like it just, I was telling Jordan Prepod uh, after the the Thanksgiving game, I put on my Christmas list Jaden Reed jersey, this exact one, and I'm hoping I get. It. I haven't gotten those. I haven't visited that family yet, but you a good boy. We'll see. We'll see if Santa's <laughs> well, Santa's delayed. I think he missed my house, honestly. Um, but regardless, no, I, I'm just very excited about Jane Reed. Obviously, 17 weeks in, I think it's fair to say that we've been excited and we're still excited. But geez, Louise, what what a what a performance from him and Bull Melton. So very good, very good that way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Should we move on to the defense? Let's see if anything else. No, I think it's defense talk because they're doing it again. I've when you when you least expect it, it's the dumb and dumber gift. Yeah, you somehow redeem yourself for a week. Yeah, for a week. Like I, um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. But I, there was a lot of praise for Joel Berry after this game from from the franchise, from Matt Lafleur, from Kenny Clark. Had some few words for him, calling up good blitzes, but they hold a Vikings offense to 10 points through the game and honest, and three points through three and a half quarters. Um, I guess three in the third quarter. I think they scored like 10 minutes left in the, in the, um, in the fourth quarter. And then the Packers went on that very, very long drive to score a touchdown again, or kick a field goal. I believe it was, um, which honestly, Jordan, that might be the first time we've seen a absolute, just dismantling of the, the 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 clock in the fourth quarter all season. Like, remember, like they couldn't do it against the Falcons. They couldn't do it against the Panthers. I I might be remiss to to remembering when the last time it was this season that they really took the clock down from like early in the fourth quarter to then late in the fourth quarter enough to where there was no chance they'd come back. Because the the Vikings score a touchdown. With fourteen oh six left in the fourth quarter, yeah, Packers get the ball and then run eight minutes off the clock and return and give the ball back to uh, the Vikings with six minutes and eleven seconds to go. They ran eight minutes off the clock. Like, I am I misremembering? I don't remember the time in the, this season that they've had that long of a drive in the fourth quarter. Um. Because it wasn't like the game was totally out of reach. They were up 20. I would I would, I, say. I would say it was with this team. But yeah, I know what you mean. But I like, know what you mean. This is giving a lot before. more credit to Nick Mullins than he probably deserves. But the difference between Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins is that Nick Mullins can throw the ball. Like he was, yep. he has the ability to make big plays like that. And if they're going to get going between Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, they have the ability to do that if this Packers defense was going to act like it had in other games 
in this scenario against the Falcons, against the Panthers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so for the offense to be able to go on this long drive and just not allow the team to get back on track, I think was a blessing in disguise for the defense, frankly. And yeah. I don't think it was likely, but I wasn't really wanting to test that theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is the biggest margin of victory the Packers have had this year. I would maybe equate it to the Bears game, the first one, where the defense is making impact plays. They're making the yeah, they're disrupting. They're creating turnovers. Obviously, in that game, they had a touchdown. Jordan Love was a very different quarterback then than he was yesterday. So it's not a clean comparison by any means. But in terms of just kind of ass-kicking, which it was, that would be the game. But there, oh, yeah. to your point, there's not a lot of them. Even the Rams game against Brett Rippian, you know, 20 to 3, it wasn't a very – it was – yeah, you got there. You got to the fish line, but it was right. not a convincing, like – you know, sprint. Right. This is this is like, you know, after the opening drive, this is going all the way. You're just shooting down and, you know, outlasting everybody else. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, Daniel Willen had two punts the entire game. I think they both came um, in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. The first drive and looks like it was, yeah, at the end of the um, second quarter. So... All in all, just just good stuff from, obviously, the defense. And I guess the offense is getting there. But, yeah, the defense just played so well. They, they had turnovers that Corey Ballantyne had a pick. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was on a Munt deflection. I'm trying to see. Yeah, is it Jordan Munt or is it – I forget his first name. Johnny. 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 <laughs> like he's from the 50s. <laughs> I don't know who goes by only Johnny anymore. Anyways, but then, yeah uh, – Corey uh, Ballantyne interception in the first quarter, and then um, a fumble, a forced fumble by I believe it was Preston Smith, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, what I mean, what a game for Preston Smith. I'm trying to navigate ESPN's box score here, but Preston Smith only one tackle and but had a, a full sack as well, and he had a bunch of pressures. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Do they have pressures up on PFF? I, I do. I have to imagine. How many pressures did Preston Smith have? Uh, let's four. see. Four. Four. That's he, – he played so well. Like, Rashawn Gary himself had eight pressures, which, eight. Is, which is crazy, not getting home once. But and 34 snaps. That's insane. But even 29 snaps from Preston Smith and gets um, four pressures, two hits, a hurry, and a sack. Like, that's just absolute masterclass work from, from Preston Smith. Yeah, I, again, this is a, a complete performance, all phases, even losing your starting linebacker of the night with Isaiah McDuffie, and hopefully everything's well with him because that was a pretty brutal injury. Yeah, um, really, t- like, just a tough um, a tough play to be involved in. He was uh, the middleman of a, of a sack, and I think he got two helmets into his helmet, one on each side, like... Mm. Yeah, I'd be feeling a little bit woozy after that too. And I think it says enough that he got carted back rather than walked back. So yeah. hopefully he's all good. I would not expect him to play next week. Yes. Um but 
I think Matt Schneeman had a uh, stat of no team has had more pressures or players with registered pressures than the Packers defense did last night. It was Matt. Um, that's crazy. And I. that's the thing, too, is that not to relitigate Joe Barry discourse, but I, the most frustrating part about this is that you see when changes need to be made, he will make changes. He will do things to, you know, wreak havoc. That's what the Packers did last time defensively. They were wreaking havoc. They were making plays. Yeah, the interception wasn't necessarily – it was – more of a crossing route and the guy's hand bumps the ball in the air and Corey Valentine, you know, made a very good heads up play. But beyond that, it's the, it's getting home repeatedly. They, again, this is a good Vikings offensive line. It, it had not been how we had talked about past Vikings offensive lines and they made mince meat of them. And, Secondary Justin Jefferson finished with what five? I think it's five catches for forty-eight yards. Yep. Yeah, 50, I, fifty-nine I, yards. Fifty-nine yards. I know it's Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. That's a big caveat, but still, like you could easily say, "Oh, well, it's against Corey Ballantyne and Karen Carrington Valentine." Like, right? The similar level of of players that we're talking about, um, in terms of just kind of what you expect. Mm-hmm. That's where like. This deep, like, I don't know, it's <laughs> the Joe Barry talk of it. That is going to be, regardless of what happens next week, it's people are, enough has been shown that, like, people want changes, people want this, people want that. Whether those changes actually get exercised, I don't know. I don't think it matters either. They make the playoffs and, you know, bow out in the first round. I don't think it really matters because kind of, there's been enough momentum. But to me, even in this, if you want to call it lame duck kind of period that we're entering, if 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 we go down that route, the problem is, is that it's like, Joe Barry, you know what's wrong with the defense and you can fix it when you want to. You know what I mean? And whether these, it's clear that like the defense responds to playing in division games, playing That's what rivals, I was going to say. Like they do that, but they've also like when the back when their backs are against the wall, when they allow thirty points to the Carolina Panthers who got shut out and David Tepper's throwing a drink at a Jaguars fan. You know I mean? Like that is <laughs> that happens and they finally like have muster up a good response of like, no, we're actually we can play above what people are starting to expect of us or have come to expect with us when we look at the talent on that side of the ball, especially on the front four or front seven even, and know that this is a better team than what they put out consistently. And they just, that's where I was like, they're just do this, do it all the time. Like it, you, you don't have to do it all the time. We expect like, you're not going to do it against, you know, the, um, you know, they did it against the Lions, So I can't say the Lions, right. but like better teams. But the defense just showed out and balled out in a very convincing way that it, it just makes everything else just so much more frustrating that you can't see this all the time. No, I, I totally agree. I'm gonna I, I have two points to make here and they're separately of each other. But I was looking at PFF's pressures last night. So according to the PFF, uh the only players 
who didn't have pressures last night were the cornerbacks. Every yeah. single defensive player had a uh, a pressure last night, except for Eric Wilson, who came in in replace of Isaiah McDuffie uh, went after he went out with his concussion. But the players who didn't have pressures last night were Jonathan Owens, Anthony Johnson Jr., uh, Corey Valentine, Donald Savage, and Carrington Valentine. And then again, Eric Wilson. But, like... That's an absolute dismantling of, of of an offensive line um, throughout that entire game, which is absolutely incredible. But to your, to your point that you had mentioned, that's the point I was going to make too, is that it's weird that – I shouldn't say it's weird, but it's frustrating that Joe Barry can dial up defenses and good defensive performances against division opponents, but not against anybody else. Because, like – Think about the Bears games from last year. Like, they played very well. They beat him twice. Think about the um, second Viking game last year. Like, they, again, dismantling. Played well. They, they, players. Think about it this year. Bears, the first Bears game, they played very well against the Bears. First Lions game was not great, but I think it had a lot to do with the offense not be able to keep up as well. But still, they, the Lions were, are just good. That's just what's going to happen sometimes. But then you look at the second Lions game, and they do very well. Look at the second Vikings game. They do very well. So I have a theory to this. Okay. Because I think this is also a Jordan Love thing where he clearly responds better in second games. Like the Bears game is we don't know yet because they haven't yeah, played it's with, the with standing, but But first Lions game was not great. First Vikings game was even more not great then puts in these big performances. The Chiefs game, yes, I'm pulling a game from two years ago, but his first start comes against the Chiefs. It goes as expected under a short week. And then this year, fast forward two years, and, and you know more starts under his belt, he looks better. Like, there is something to having tape that they can, you know, rely on. Of like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? Like, we know how you match up. We know this play. We know that play very well, and we can defend it a lot better than just having, okay, this is what they did in week eight versus this opponent rather than, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, it, it's pretty pretty obvious that if there's tape. What I'm trying to say is I think we should lobby to the NFL that the Packers play <laughs> all their division opponents six times. <laughs> Or just play in weeks one through three, and then yeah, just just keep get, playing over. Get and over. early, get early tape on on the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, and then play them weeks sixteen, seventeen, eighteen to end the season <laughs> when they need them the most. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just think that I don't think this game saves Joel Barry's job. No, I think there's a an argument to be had, which I hate. But if, like, we'll talk more about the Bears on Thursday when we do our preview pod, but the Bears are will. very good at the moment. They're playing very well. Depending on how the defense performs against the Bears, depending on how the, they perform in the playoffs they make it, if they win the playoffs with a good defensive performance, we might be looking at an unfortunate reality. That reality being Joe Barry getting a new contract in Green Bay, which... Again, not a nice thing to say about somebody who needs a job, but it's performance-based, and 
the rose-colored glasses could for sure be donned on Matt LaFleur and Goody's face if the last three games they have to make a decision is this Vikings win, a dominant Bears win, and a playoff win. I think it makes the rest of the bad performances be like, you just forget about them because they're so far away. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, the NFL has always been, has always been a, what have you done for me lately league? And if the end of the season comes and they go three and one in their, in their last four with three dominant performances on defense, what does that say? But yeah. I do think, I do hope I should say the front office has a bit more insight to that than I would than we are giving them at the moment because this game is contextually against Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins and yes. Alexander Madison who is not good and Tyson Chandler no. who isn't that good either. So you're thinking about sort of what this defense is going was going against. It wasn't inspiring, but then. You look at the same thing against the Panthers last week, and it wasn't inspiring. Wasn't inspiring again. So, like I should say, it was inspiring against the Vikings this week, given the talent. It wasn't inspiring against the Panthers, given their talent. So, there's a reality here, Jordan, and I wish to not live in that reality, but we just have to be mindful of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Um, who else? I, I, we, we're missing people on the defense side of the ball. Jonathan Owens has been playing quietly very well this season. Like, the last stretch of games, for sure. Um, Donald Savage has been having a, a good time, too. But like Having him back was very, very important. Necessary. But I think Jonathan Owens was a... I think it was Munt caught a ball, and then Jonathan Owens went and punched it out, I think, late in the second quarter on, like, a little pass in the flat. Never was, but he's just been making quality quality plays, which is really all you ask for from, from him at this point. Just not give up big plays, which is good. He was the, Jonathan Owens was the fourth highest rated player on PFF. Again, for what it's worth for PFF's grades at this point in their existence. <laughs> um, Corey Valentin, too, like, yeah. retargeted nine times, allowed three catches for 33 yards. That's uh, crazy. I was, he's been, he's been good. Like, like, you know, I, that's the thing, is that, Part of the frustration level with this this the defense is that when you put in, I'm not going to call them replacement level players, but they're lower draft picks. These are guys that have bounced around, or you know they're not the first. They're not with the ones, and some of them are not even with twos going into the year. They have stepped up and made plays and stepped up when the Packers have played their best, you know, form of football. Yeah, and. Again, that's not nothing to me. That was why when Eric Stokes, the Eric Stokes thing happened, I was like, it sucks for him, but also, does that help or hurt? Like, I don't, and everything else with Jair, too, because, you know, him playing suddenly against the Panthers and then everything else happening over the course of the week, you know, it's it's all about informed players. Like, how, what are they doing? (laughs) What have you done for me lately kind of thing again? Right. And... It, it, that's not nothing. That's not something you dismiss as much as you look at the more talented players and be like, "Oh yeah, we'll just seamlessly fit them in into the lineup, and you'll, you're fine." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, they have kind of something working here, and you just want to see it continue on and on. Yeah, 
absolutely. Like I think this just this year has been such a great example of. I mean, I, I should say example. What the plan that Brian Gunnarsson and Matt Lafleur had put into place of letting the young guys play and just seeing what you have with your young team has worked out well at this point in time. I think there's still stuff to be learned about how they play against higher class opponents. Like, depending on where they finish this year, if they win, they'll finish second in the in the NFC North, and. Yeah. That would mean they face like obviously the second tier play, uh, teams next year when they when they, whenever they get, get their schedule. The other second place division earners, winners, whatever you want to call them, and that'll be another test, right? That'll be another test to see what this team looks like against just in general better teams. At this yeah. point next year, I, I if depending on who they play, I forget what division they play, but if they play the NFC. Did they play the NFC East last year? Yeah, they did because they faced the Eagles and the Cowboys and everything. So I don't yep. think they'll face them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a special game against the NFC East and throw them against the Eagles or the Cowboys. And those are two very good teams. And seeing how they perform against those high-quality teams will be important to watch. But for yeah. all intents and purposes, like the young kids, kids, they're, they're men, the rookies on this team have played very well. The rookies on this team, the second year guys on this team, it's just been inspiring. And I know that you and I had kind of hemmed and hawed over this decision to go young at this point in Jordan Love's career and progression, even during the losing stretch. I know we had had some strong words about the decision to not bring in a better receiver really hurt this that stretch of games. 16, 17 games in or 16 games in the season. It looks pretty good. Guys just need to get snaps, and they've gotten better with snaps. And it's hard not to have those deductions because you only get 17 of these games, and so you try to make, you, yep. you generally make big assumptions after each game. We're not we're, we're guilty of that. And we're so not immune. We're not immune, and neither is all of NFL media, frankly. Yeah. And so it's just relieving to see it actually work out how they want to work out. But as Matt LaFleur said in this post game yesterday, none of it matters if they don't win next week. So we'll see. Yep. Two years in a row, they're going to enter the final week of the season with a win and you're in yep. situation. Um, and they fumbled it last year, but a lot of against, has changed against the team that was eliminated the week before. The week of. The week of, yes. The Lions were the day of. Yeah. The Bears just got eliminated last night. So, with the Packers, with winning, the Packers, winning. yeah, because especially with um, they had lost the Saints, so they don't have the tiebreaker there either. Yep. So, so the um, I, I the Bears have something to play for, and that's to spoil the Packers season. And there's nothing that team would like in more. their sta- in, in their stadium too. I, right. Exactly. But also worth noting that the uh, Packers have I have had a meaningful game. Week the last week of the season every year Matt Lafleur's era, he's had they were playing for a playoff spot last year and now this year and they had made the playoffs three years in a row, um by week seventeen, in his era. So good on Matt Lafleur for playing through the rest of the season and yep. getting guys up. So talk about two minutes about your boy. 
Anders? Anders? Yep. Um, let me look at what he did again. He I made two and... field goals and made three of four extra points. That's, you know, we take the good with the bad. I believe kinda... he is the leading person in missed extra points this year. <laughs> I don't think that's actually true. I thought it, I'm pretty sure they said it was on the broadcast last night. It might be. The, the only th- reason why I don't know is because the Rams keep missing extra points as well. But um, they also switch kickers. So Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Well, yeah, by like um, individual um, individual guys. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to tell me, is it? Probably not. But yeah, I think he's missed five now, which is obviously not great. No, I would not say it is, but also, yeah, we're going to get into our predictions sometime soon here after the, the dust has settled. Um, he's currently 83.9% um, on field goals this year. What, um, 83 is not bad. That's not bad at all. That's real. That is for a rookie kicker. I would say that's about That's the optimal outcome. Yeah. That is above average. So, yeah, they have weathered the storm 86.5% on extra points this year. Um, it's always that damn 30 to 39. He is the leader in the clubhouse of missed extra points with five. No one else has more than three. So, I'm. it's fine. Mason Crosby kind of screwed us yesterday after missing a 50-yard kick that had no chance to lose, yeah. to lose against the Seahawks, but... Or to against the um, who they play the Rams, the Giants lost against the Rams. Yes, they did, which is another playoff relevant game. Yep, but it doesn't matter. Packers need to win next week, and they're in because the Seahawks lost. Um, so that's that's good. That's very good. Can I one more? Hold on, um, hold on. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you. Do you remember Wisconsin running back Dare Ogumbawale? Yes. Uh, he has a field goal made this year. Yeah, the Texans. I had it. <laughs> yeah. I just saw this. Like, what? I did. Okay, sorry. I, <laughs> did, did the kicker get hurt or something? And he was the emergency kicker? Yeah, he was the emergency kicker. I did not know that. Um, That's crazy. I want to finish with this. I'm looking at the PFF grades, and I'm going to just say I disagree with a lot of these ones. It what am I about to talk about? Um, I thought the offensive line was really good last night. I thought, I mean, it's kind of evident when you have the most total yards in a game. Yeah. That you're doing something right with the offensive line. But I just thought no sacks for Jordan Love. Rushing, uh, the run blocking, especially there's a lot of big holes for Aaron Jones just to scamper through. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed by how they played. I guess the Vikings team that has disruptors. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Oh, I, I guess I see. Oh, my. Yeah, I was I'm looking at the grades right now. and They're not really I don't feel like they're really reflective of of what actually happened. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, highest highest offensive lineman graded was Zach Thomas 77.2. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not really sure. Like, it's, like I'm with you on that. Like, I'm, I'm with you on that. 
that's yeah. a little weird. No sacks allowed. Not a lot of pressures. Like, I'm looking at Josh Myers had six pressures, which is crazy. 15 total pressures. I'm not really sure. None of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So, all right, folks. Jordan, you have anything else? I, I'm I'm just happy that they won. I'm happy that the, we're not talking about uh, week eighteen that does not mean anything. Yep. But now I'm like, we you can't do last year. Mm-hmm. They need to win. They need to win. I'm with you. They got to. Maybe we'll get our first playoff game. That'd be cool. Ooh. That'd be cool. And it doesn't necessarily just because they win that they won't be automatically the seventh seed. They have the tiebreaker over the Rams. I th- oh the Rams clinched. Yes, but they're not locked into the seventh. They're seed. not locked or in. They're not locked into the sixth seed. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. Um, we're not wrapping up, folks. I want to see what what the standings are right now, and see what the uh, the playoff picture looks like. Um, Niners locked up the one seed last night or yesterday. After the Eagles embarrassingly lost to the frickin' Cardinals. Cowboys 2, Lions 3, Bucks 4, Eagles 5, Rams 6. Packers currently in the 7th spot. Interest... I, I mean... Honestly... Maybe it, we'd have to, we, we would get to pod with Malcolm and Tyler again if the Lions make it. That'd be fun. That, is pod, that would be fun. That'd be I fun. Think... We'd have a little more genuine... <laughs> Yeah, we would have a little bit of a more genuine bond. Talking about with this Packers, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, or if they are the seventh seed and things stand the way that they are, they go to Dallas, face Mike McCarthy. I think old friend. I that would be a scary game. I don't think I would. Not. I uh, we can't really like dealt with the Packers at this point because they've been playing so well on offense, but golly, that's a really good both sides of the ball. <laughs> CD Lamb just went like 12 for 250. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Which might heighten my chances of wanting to see the Lions more if they get to this. This is, these are... We, we, we have a week to go. We did all this yeah. last year. We faced the Lions and lost. It is, we got a bear down. We got a bow down. We got a bow down. Can't say, Can't say bear down. Can't say bear down. I know, I know. That's why it's uh, <laughs> we got a bow down, and we are going to turn the Chicago Bears into bear bow pelts, and I don't know. Go ahead. Let's let's end the pod. Are, you, are we wrapping? Wrap. <laughs> all right, folks. Jordan said it. We're wrapping up. Thank you all for listening in 2023. We really, really appreciate it. We all hope um, here at GSPN that you guys have a wonderful year as well, a wonderful 2024. Um, GSPN doing big things. We had, I think, our most listens and downloads um, ever last year. So big things coming up for, for the network, obviously. And that's all thanks to you guys listening to us and supporting all the pods. So, again, thank you to all of you guys for, for sticking with us and just being fans. So we appreciate it. That being said, go check out uh, Eurostep and Win in Six on the Bucks feed. The Bucks play today against the Indiana Pacers. 
Um, mm, it's a spicy meatball. Is, it is a spicy meatball. Um, I believe at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Thank um, God. Yep. And so <laughs> uh, I'm sure Ty and Rohan will have a pod out very soon, uh, either post-game today or early tomorrow morning, Tuesday, as you're listening to this, um, about about that game. And hopefully um, Rohan's enemy. Why am, I forgetting, why am I forgetting his name? Johnson. What's his first name? The enfor- the enforcer that the Pacers signed. Jalen Johnson. No, not him. It's uh, sorry. No. Uh, uh, oh my god. Oh my god. James yeah, Johnson. James Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know it's Old Johnson. Man brain. Well, that and that friend of the pod, James Johnson, doesn't become an enemy of the pod. He'll never be an enemy of the pod for reasons lore wise. You have to listen to the Euro stuff about go back like a year and a half at least. I think at this point. Um, but anyways, go check out the Euro stuff and when in six on the Bucks feed. Um, it is now 2024. Obviously, the Brewers are three months away from playing baseball. That's a very exciting. And go check out Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder's um, analysis on cruising for a bruising. Check out all things Brewers during the doldrums of this offseason. And then check out Adam and Andrew as well on uh, Make Time for This. And just go back through their catalog and find the movie you like and check out all the pods. These are a lot more evergreen than most of our pods here on GSPN, but they're, but they're pretty darn good. So. Go check out that feed, and let's get make time for this popping this year. That'd be a fun thing to have for sure. Make sure you make time for make time for this. That's right. That's right. There we go. All right, folks. Thank you again for everything that you guys uh, do for us and listen in general. We appreciate it. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.